Good morning, South Florida. Welcome to Flipping SoFlow, or from wherever you're listening to our podcast. I'm here with Willie Numbers. What up? We are going to have a quick little session about his biggest deal ever. Year to date, biggest deal. He made a quarter of a million dollars, but somehow left $300,000 on the table. That's right. Even when you think you're winning. What still leave lessons did the you learn? We'll tell them a little bit about the deal, <clears throat> how you got that. Yes. Yeah, so the address is 8971 Southwest 45th Street for all you fact checkers in Miami-Dade County. That is in Dade County in Westchester, Miami. I think the deal was four years ago as we're recording this. Yeah, it was 2019. Mm-hmm. The deal was a super, super complicated, sophisticated a lot of moving pieces kind of deal. And truth be told, we kind of stumbled on it. And we learned so many lessons with that one deal. Good, bad, you know, marketing lessons, negotiating lessons, probate lessons, adverse possession, squatter lessons. I mean, we, 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 we learned it all. So yeah, there was a lot of lessons that were learned from from all angles. It was my, I was about two and a half years into the business at the time, and it was a big one. It was a big one. I can definitively say that, you know, sometimes in your career, you work and you work and you work and you work and you, know, you put up all this time, in my case, years, and then you get that one shot, which really is uh, life-altering, you know, what they would say considered life-altering. It was life-altering because at the time, I think my biggest deal to date was like 40 grand or something, which is very considerable. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't complaining, but that's a far cry from a quarter million dollars. So I, I, I knew that life would never be the same and the business as well. Yeah. Well, also in 2019, a quarter of a million dollars took you a lot further than it does in 2023. Oh yeah. You know, sure. like that, the amount of, that's a, a fat salary in 2019. Yeah. I mean, the way I saw it on one deal, it was a doctor's salary on one deal, you know, a really good doctor. So, or a really good attorney, <laughs> a really good CPA. So that's the only thing I can compare it at the time to. So you know, it, it just, we didn't plan to make a quarter million, you know, that was never in the cards. It wasn't like, I wish I would sit here and tell you that I had all this planned out. That's bullshit. I didn't, the deal kind of just pieced itself together as we were going through it and as we were learning. So if you it, let, like, let's start, uh, at the beginning with, uh, you know, where we are and, and how we found the deal. So we were doing direct mail at the time and, you know, postcards and when you do direct mail, you get something called return mail that, that comes back to you. Addresses that are undeliverable for a hundred different reasons. I didn't know that. Yeah. So sometimes it's, it's you know, a person's deceased, so they're not getting mail anymore. Their mailbox is full. If they live out of state, if their address changed, if they have a tenant or if they have a squatter or if they inherited the property, it could be a number of different reasons. Maybe they have a PO box, right? Whatever. Sure. So the USPS deems that property as undeliverable. So you mail out your list. And at the time, I think we were getting a couple hundred a month sent back to us. So we were mailing out about 20, 30,000 pieces a month. So when these pieces would get kicked back, what most people do 
is nothing. <laughs> they just throw them away. I found through one of my mentors that, yeah, so, you know, most people just take them and they throw them away. I found through, I forgot exactly who or where, but I, I know it was some sort of a mentor or some podcast I was listening to. And somebody said, you need to be working your return mail. And, and I, you know, two and a half years into the business, I was like, what the hell does that mean? Like to work it. And, and I started finding out there's levels to skip tracing. There's levels. And for those of you that don't know, skip tracing is the act of finding somebody's phone number and contact information to, so you can market to them. So keep in mind, this is 2018. We didn't have all these fancy little tools that all these kids have today in 2023 because there's a new tech company every day. And whatever, you had to manually skip trace it. So what we started doing was we would grab the return mail and we would skip trace the owners and then we would try to find a new address that was reported by the credit bureaus, which is a gold nugget for any of you guys listening out there. The credit bureau has the best data on you. If they want you, they'll find you. So you should be mailing to the address that's on the credit bureau site, if, especially if on like a deep dive skip trace. So... I wish I could say that we skip trace them, we called them, and ta-da, a quarter million dollars came out. That is not at all how it went. When we skip trace this particular address, it said vacant on the deliver on the undeliverable. It's a little sticker from the USPS. So what we did was my ex-business partner at the time drove by the property. It was in Westchester, and he physically drove by because we couldn't get contact with anybody. And he calls me and he says, Hey dude this house has a brand new roof. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because the property appraiser says that that person, the owner is deceased. So how did a dead person put a roof on a property? Right? So again, my curiosity started to kind of, you know, be interested. And I did, I, I took a deep dive down the rabbit hole. And what I found was Daniel August Tucker, if I recall correctly, was the deceased and Mark Tucker was his brother. Coincidentally, was also deceased. As you guys can see, his memory is impeccable. Yeah. I don't think you forget a number, let alone yeah. a name or an address. No, I remember. Listen, you rip a quarter million dollars on a deal, you're going to remember that address. <laughs> or at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I promise you. My whole life changed. I remember exactly where I was sitting when that happened, but we'll get there. I mean, you never forget stuff like that. You really, you really don't. But anyway, and, and we found that both of them were deceased. So... We use a service called TLO, which is really good. They're owned by TransUnion. So we skip trace the shit out of them. And we start going down the family tree because we don't know who's who. Anybody who had a last name Tucker, we were going to contact. So that was like our premise, right? And Tucker's a very irregular last name for Miami-Dade County to begin with. Very American. Yeah, it yeah. should have been Perez or, you know, Hernandez or something. So anyway, and and now this is like really piqued my interest. I'm like, all right, I don't know what the hell's going on, but something like, like I had like, like a little spidey sense and I'm like, man, something's off here. And the house was kind of being painted as well, but the backyard looked like shit. It was a corner house, but it was definitely a brand new roof and it was brand new windows. So someone, it looked like almost like somebody was doing construction there, but both of these dudes were dead. Yeah. So my mindset was, well, and again, I didn't know a lot about probate at the time. So I was just like, okay, maybe it's the heirs doing work on the property to resell it, right? It kind of makes sense. So that was not the case. One day we call 
Mark Tucker's ex-wife. We didn't know. She she told us that she told us that. Very nice lady, lived in Tallahassee somewhere. She talked our freaking ear off for like an hour. And during the conversation, this is why it's so important why six-figure deals are created. They're not just there. I always say that because they all require the next level of persistence and perseverance. They really do. You're not just going to find a six-figure deal and be like, oh, wow, I made 100 grand here. Not the case. But if you're willing to put in the work, th this is what can happen. So we were talking to her, and she says in passing, she's like, well, Mark, Mark passed about five years ago, and we got divorced about 15 years ago. So my thought was, oh, uh, we could get this lady. If they were still married, she has marital interest in the property. Well, there goes that because they were divorced on the time of death. She was not on title, nothing. But one piece of information that this lady said that I'll never forget, she goes, however, his brother had a son who should be about 20 years old by now. His name is also Daniel Tucker. That's all I could tell you. And we were like, okay, this dude's not on our family tree. So we did some digging, like really deep digging. By the way, this, this is weeks of work at this point, Okay. Like, at probably a month and a half at this point. Were you, like, TLOing people at this point? Yeah, we were TLOing them. We were using IDI. We were, whatever I could use. We are knocking on doors. I mean, we were, like, linking, like, one, one, like, little, like, a game of Clue. It was, like, one address led us to another guy that led us to another person that led us to the ex-wife. The ex-wife said, Daniel, Daniel's going to lead us somewhere else. We need to find Daniel, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out on uh, LinkedIn, we found that he was a student at FIU. I, I graduated from FIU. So I was like, oh, shit. Check that out. So we don't know what this guy looks like. It could be another Daniel Tucker, right? <laughs> we don't know what the hell's who, so we're just taking our best shot. We end up finding out, you cannot make this shit up. His address was a block and a half away from the subject property that we were looking at, where his home address was. So we said, fuck it. Let's go knock on the door. We sent this kid a letter. Nothing, okay? We show up at this house parked the car. Coincidentally, he was coming down the street to park his car no way. into his house. We're parked parallel parked on the street. It's me and my ex-partner. We're, you know, both big dudes with beards. And this kid gets out. He is a lanky, skinny little kid with a Hunger Games pin on his jacket. I'll never forget that because I thought I was, it was just something very interesting. I was like, wow, this kid must really love Hunger Games. So he hops out of the car with a newsboy cap on and he looks at us and he's like, what the fuck do you guys want? All aggressive. And I'm like, whoa, are you Daniel? And he's like, yeah, the fuck do you want? And I was like, whoa, buddy. Whoa. I was like, damn, like, first of all, kudos to him because we were bigger than him and it was two of us and the kid was just like not having it. So good job. But either way, we start talking and immediately we're like, listen, do you know about the property at 8971? Are you related to, to Mark? And, and, you know, we start laying on this kid and he's like, you can tell he was reluctant. He's like, yeah, I am. That was my dad. And that was my uncle. It's like, why? Are you with that other guy? And I'm like, what other guy? And he's like, the guy who's the squatter who's living in the house. And I'm like, 
hold up a second. This First, do I look like a squatter? Yeah, and I'm like, hold on a second. This is okay. Do tell. You know, like now, now it's getting juicier. I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. Somebody's living in the freaking house and somebody's doing some work. Mm-hmm. So I we we talked for like 30 minutes outside. He said, send me a letter on your attorney's official letterhead. He was like an old guy in a young guy's soul, in a young guy's body. And he was like, I, I want to make sure you guys are legit. If my mom approves, we'll go meet with your attorney. And I'm like, all right, kid. Fine. No problem. Cool. Good for him. So we did do that. That took us like another three weeks, I remember. And then we kept kind of kicking it back. And I thought it was going to go. And it was like the emotional roller coaster. So I went back and I looked at property appraiser. And another gold nugget for you kids out there. The legal description on any property in Miami-Dade County, it reads adverse possession claim filed right on top of the legal description. If you don't know what you're looking for, you will blow right past it. I promise you, you've probably seen some of these and you don't even know it. An adverse possession, let me just clear this up, is an old English law where if you pay, not the owner of the property, if you pay anyone pays seven years of property taxes in a row, they can file what's called an adverse possession claim and they actually will be awarded title, meaning they will get the property for free, just paying the seven years. So I researched this shit. I called my attorney, Gus, at the time. I was newer and I'm like, what the hell does this mean? And he's like, yeah, that's true. You can do that. I'm like, you're mean to tell me that somebody can pay their taxes for seven years? And he's like, yep, it's a law. I'm like, what the... So I'm learning all this stuff. I'm like, who the f... But now I'm like, man, who is this guy? So I go back into the property taxes and I look back at the last tax bill, which was, let's rewind for a second. That was very weird in the whole transaction because normally when when properties are in an estate of or it's in probate, normally, statistically speaking, they're going to be tax delinquent because somebody doesn't know that somebody passed or the heirs haven't been notified or the heirs don't have the money to pay the property taxes. This one wasn't. All the years were paid. So I thought that was very interesting. So I learned this fun little nugget for you guys. I looked at the, go check the tax bill. If you want to find somebody else, go check the tax bill and go pull it, download it. And at the top, either at Miami-Dade is the top, Broward and Palm Beach is, is, is the, the far right of the, of the PDF. And it says paid by and the person who paid it. If it's a mortgage company, it'll say like Mr. Cooper, Wells Fargo, whatever, right? Meaning if somebody's in foreclosure. So this one said Renee Blanco. I'll never forget the dude's name. And I'm like, hold on a second. Daniel Tucker, Mark Tucker, another Daniel Tucker, August Tucker. Who the fuck is Renee Blanco? Like, this is weird. I had already met the kid, so I'm like, this kid is American. This is Renee Blanco. This doesn't make sense. So we tell the kid that. And he's like, yeah, I know who he is. I'm like, oh, shit. And his face changed. And he's like, yeah, he came over here one day with a pit bull and he threatened me and he told me to stay the fuck out of the house and this and that. And anyway, so the kid, long story short, they did not have the financial means or the knowledge to fight this guy. He was a scumbag. Okay. Lo and behold, he was a professional squatter and he had paid four going on five out of the seven tax years. So we showed up to ruin his parade, okay? Mm. So do you think he was going to be friendly to us? Absolutely not. But the kid, Daniel, was scared shitless. 
So it took a while to build that rapport and to get him to agree and say, listen, we're going to take care of this motherfucker. You're not going to have to deal with it. Our attorney will, and we're going to smoke this guy because you're entitled to this property. We had to do two probates, keep in mind. So now this is a double probate, unlawful detainer, and tax delinquency, and then fight the adverse possession. And you've never done any of those things on a previous property up until now. <laughs> Not this even is close. all like brand new Not even close. world to you. I might have done two or three probates at that time in my career. It's funny because as soon as you said there was paint and stuff on the roof, I was like, huh, I wonder if someone's paying the taxes. Of course there is someone because yeah. why, would, why would that be going yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. So, so like, again, like for anybody listening, I'm learning this shit on the fly as I'm going along. And... That's the moral of the story that I'm that I'm trying to like convey here is that I did a quarter million dollar deal. I mean, granted, I busted my ass. Look at listen to how many hurdles and how many obstacles we had to go through. I mean, we dialed probably 30 something relatives on that TLO sheet to find the one wife who said the one piece of information. And then we had to skip trace that kid, find him on LinkedIn, Facebook, reverse engineer that. And then show up to his house and knock on his house. And then another three weeks to get him to send a letter and then get him into Augustus' office. We presented the offer. They originally didn't sign it. Another week went by and then they signed. Then we started the probates. And then we had to start the unlawful detainer against him. So against the squatter. So yeah, it's a lot of shit going down at one time. It was probably close to three months before that signature hit the paper from Daniel to the contract. So this is three months worth of work that could have gone up poof, in smoke at any given time. But we kept going through it. That's the whole point. And so fast forward, we, we get everything under contract and our attorney, which he was definitely right at the time, he said, listen, if you guys go speak to this squatter, and you try to negotiate with him and get a settlement, it's going to be far easier than having to go the legal route and doing the unlawful detainer and all that stuff. So try that first. And I'm like, you want me to go and speak to this piece of shit who's threatened this kid, who's probably going to tell us to go fuck ourselves because we're, we're going to ruin his parade now. Yeah, he knows the party's over. He spent over. four years paying the taxes on a house that doesn't belong to him or anyone that he knows. And now... I'm going to show up and say, sorry, I'm going to take it instead. Oh, also, by the way, he's put a bunch of money into the exactly. property. Yeah. The roof that we found out later, we'll get to that juicy part when we did the eviction. Which was dumb on his behalf. No offense super, to him. Super, super, But that was his plan. He didn't think that before that seven years was up, anybody was going to notice. Yeah. And listen, there's a whole list of these properties in Miami-Dade, Broward, and yeah, Palm Beach County. Yeah, it's public information. Yeah. You just, they're hard as shit to find. But there's a whole list of these properties. Mm-hmm. You should be going after them. And because just for the simple fact that I'm telling you I made a quarter million dollars on one deal. You, if I did nothing else, just focus on that list. Because no one else is. And when we showed up there, the beauty of this deal was there was no competition. Nobody was there. We weren't fighting against anybody. We weren't like, oh, I have an offer from someone else. Fuck no. Nobody knew about this thing. This was a needle in a needle in a haystack. Crazy. So that's one of the benefits of going after a super niche list like that. You don't have to run into competition. You're a one of one. So the chances of you getting it done, plus the motivation and the trigger points and the pain that that seller has or the air, so much higher than a regular seller. 
So the chances of a deal happening are almost 100%. Now they're going to take some time. And also the spreads are really good. So they're big. Talking about the spread, what is it that got you to that quarter of a million dollar deal? So what, what was behind that that made that deal so big? Well, we, it was very tough to comp at the time. Keep in mind, this is 2019. Pre-COVID, Westchester, Miami. Super hot, very hot. I actually grew up in Westchester, but it's a very hot market. A lot of people want to be there. It's very well located. Okay. And at the time, the ARV of the property was like 475. Today, the ARV of the property is 850 on a bad day. So, which we'll get into that now and how much money we left on the table. But anyway, so we didn't know like where to hit the number. So my mentor at the time told me, he's like, look, he actually didn't want me to do the deal. He didn't believe it could be done. I'm glad I proved him wrong. But he told me, he's like, in these deals, you better make sure that you steal them. I can't give you that number, but you can never go wrong if you go low. So at first, we got it under contract for 160, if I'm not mistaken. So ARV is 500. We got it under contract for 160. Now, that sounds amazing, but keep in mind, there's a lot of shit that needs to be done in order to clear title here. So it's a far cry from clear marketable title to anywhere being close to being able to sell it. As a matter of fact, this year took this deal took us a year from start to finish. And to clarify, you're wholesaling this property. Correct. We ended up wholesaling this property. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to clarify, I left a lot of money on the table. So <laughs> yeah. About, That's why we're talking about it for you. Yeah, years later. about another <laughs> three hundred racks on the table, which hurts. But anyway, look, so so we get it under contract. And we decide to go to this guy's house. We, we decided to go to the squatter. And my ex-partner, you know, his father is a retired cop in city of Miami. So you know, I had some contacts. We ended up going there with a cop just in case, right? You never know. People are stupid. So be careful out there. And we show up. I'm a little bit of a hothead, you know, more so than my ex-partner. But I was much more of a hothead back then. So I show up and this dude hops out of the house. And we're like, hey, how are you? You know, in English, the guy automatically, you know, just Cuban guy start. He, he's a kid, by the way. He was younger than me. Oh, really? How old was he? He was 25, 26. Interesting. Little scumbag. Yeah. Didn't know that either. And then when we ran his criminal record, we ended up finding out that he was arrested for fraud. He had done fake insurance cards. He had done fake claims. He had a whole rap sheet. He was a smart little guy. And he's been doing this since he was 17, 18. Wow. Okay. He had been in and out of juvie, the whole thing. So this guy hops out of the house. He's all of five foot four. Okay. Like my height. <laughs> yeah. He's a midget for a man. And he's like all tatted up and he's got like this New York Yankees hat on and he comes out and he's like, I, I no speak English. And I'm like, boom. So I switched to Spanish and I'm like, what's the problem? So we start talking in Spanish and the guy's like, get the fuck off my property. I'm like, listen, so I, I have very little patience. So in Spanish, he, he, he told me something that I'm not going to repeat here. But anyway, and, and I was like, hey, listen, why don't you calm down? You know, you don't have to disrespect me. I'm here to give you some money. I'm like, let this is what's going down. Here's the court order. This is what we're going to file. OK, it's only going to get worse for you. We know what you're doing. I know you've been trying to pay the taxes. I know you've renovated the property. I know you fraudulently 
created a notice of commencement for a roof. Here's the copy. And it was signed by a dead guy. I don't want it. So anyway, I had all my shit together and I had my homework done. So I go, I don't want to get you in some trouble. I'm going to give you 10 grand to politely F off. Okay. And the guy was like, unless you're going to give me $500,000, get the fuck off my property. And I'm like, 500,000. And the guy's like, yeah, that's what this house is worth. I'm not stupid. And I'm going to flip it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I get into it with this guy. I'm like, do you know that you don't even fuck? And I'm like, you're what's wrong with society. Like, I'm going off. And at this point, the cop is like, well. Patience gone. It's not worth Yeah, I'm like, because, you know, I like the kid that we're helping. And I'm like, fuck you, man. You're a scumbag. Like, look at what you're doing. And not to mention the fact of just by forging a signature, going to prison for fraud on that count alone is a long time. Yeah, so. A you know, not to mention all the other illegal shit that he did. Yeah, so so like, you know, that, you have no power over that. I mean, no, no one's going to prosecute this kid. But it's certainly enough to scare the shit out of him. So whatever. So we, we, it was a bust. We're back to the drawing board. We tell our attorney, we're like, listen, this is where we're at. So what do we do now? This is all uncharted territory. He's like, oh, we got to do this, 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 and that. We got to file, you know, the unlawful detainer and this and that. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, oh, okay. How long does that take? He's like, to, you know, could, this could go that way. It could be like this. There's a lot of things the judge can do. Blah, blah, blah. You have a very strong case. I'm like, all right, man. So we go ahead. We sue him. It took us about a month and a half to serve him because, of course, he's good at avoiding service because <laughs> yeah. he knows his shit. Excellent. This is crazy, man. We, we started going down the rabbit hole. So, like, we couldn't find him at one point, but there was a car parked outside the house. So we ran the license plate on TLO. It was a rental car out of Texas. No way. Yeah. Which w ended up being rented on a fraudulent credit card. So this guy was like... The ace of space. He's got count after count after oh, count. Oh, yeah. He's this, breaking this, all the rules. This guy's not dumb. He's definitely not dumb, and he's not a rookie. I mean, it's a little bit sad. You know, like, it sounds like his upbringing wasn't, you know, the greatest, but that made him hard really fast, and I guess, you know, it's, yeah. it's not difficult to turn the illegal route. So so here's the thing, too, though. Every single time that we went to that property, this is what's crazy. I mean, the story keeps getting crazier. But every single time that we went to that property, we saw the front door neighbor step out every single time. And we came to the conclusion, we're like, all right, we know somebody's helping this guy because he's not doing this on his own. And he hired an attorney, so he's not dumb. And somebody obviously, because now at this point, this dude is super paranoid. So he's not leaving the house. And if he is, well, somebody's watching the house. And he always leaves a car there. So every single time we would pass by, we did it on purpose at this point, and we would drive by the house, and we would park in front of the house, and the neighbor would come out, and we would see him kind of open up his curtains and shit. So we're like, bro, that's the guy. We're like, that's the guy. That's got to be the guy. Like, he's helping him, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what he thinks. So I knock on his door, and I'm like, hey, how are you, blah, 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 blah. Start talking to the guy, older Cuban gentleman as well. The guy's kind of like trying to be fake about it. He's like, oh, no, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm like, listen, every single time I'm here, I see you pop out. We're, we're going to buy the house. Like, I, I would suggest you live here. I know you're the owner. I would suggest that you don't get involved here. I don't know what you think is going on here, but this guy's a fraudster. Like, this, 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 and that. And the guy was like in shock. 
like, no way. What do you mean? He told me that was his house. He told me he inherited it. Sure he he told, told me he bought it. I was like, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he told you he was part of the ballet for the Moscow, but <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's real, you know? Like, and the guy's like, oh, well, you know, anything you guys need. But he still kind of struck me as shady. So he didn't help us. And I didn't trust him. So we ended up putting a camera on one of the poles in front of the house that was wireless. Mm -hmm. This is my like James Bond moment. <laughs> and I had a dude that was working for me at the time who was a Marine. And I was like, we need to fucking recon this guy. And he's like, well, I could pass by every day. I'm like, nah, we need to put a camera. And he's like, sure. <laughs> I'll buy one. And so we, we did all this research. We bought a Wi-Fi camera. We slapped it up with an SD card on the front pole of the house. So now we have eyes on the house. And I'm like, damn, this is pretty cool. So like, I'm in my office checking the feed of this house. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I can't believe I've never heard the yeah. details of this story before. Yeah, so my ex-partner and I are like, literally like, oh, let's check it out. Like, let's re refresh the page. We're, <laughs> we're watching this house like it had night vision They're and like shit. CIA all of a sudden. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, man, this is our baby. Like, we're protecting this house, you know? <laughs> so we're like, what if the house catches fire? Like, we want to have it on video, you know? Like, we think, we thought of everything. My attorney's like, you guys are dumbasses. We're like, yeah, but it's fun. So, you know, you got to have fun sometimes. And uh, so whatever, months go by. This guy finally gets served, blah, 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 blah. And now we start going through the process. Through the process, we realize like, damn, this is much harder than what we thought. And look, like now we're like four or five months in and it looks like we're in for a bumpy ride. And it's going to be a while. Like, are we going to win? Yes. Our attorney felt very good about it. We, we all did, right? And, and the law was on our side. You know, we had the kid too. So we were doing the probate. One probate turned into two probates. Another error popped up. Thankfully, they signed a quick claim deed and we didn't have to deal with that. So that was a crisis averted. And, you know, obviously this kid is like, naturally, they're like, hey, what's going on? When, you know, four or five months in, they're like, when am I going to see my money? Blah, 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 blah. And we're like, look, here you go. So it was like a constant battle of like explaining and then dealing with this idiot on the other side and our attorney and back and forth and whatever. And anyway, we end up getting to the point where I realized I was like, all right, I got to shoot my shot for a reduction because if we're going to make this deal happen, like I really want it to count, you know, and we weren't gonna get many of these shots so i told my ex-partner i'm like dude i'm gonna go in for a reduction and he's like for what i'm like i'm gonna go in for 100k i want to buy this house for 100 grand the amount of work time money emphasis and the problem that we're getting this guy out of we should be making more money and sure as shit we ended up getting it reduced to 120 if i recall correctly so we got another 40k off and long fast forward we end up winning at trial, you know, or at the hearing, rather said, the judge was there. I was physically present because I wanted to be with my attorney, Christina Duarte. You're awesome. And she was the one that handled that one, even though Gus and Gio were also involved. So, you know, props to everybody on that one. But anyway, and we win. We, we get the writ of possession. And I literally walked my happy ass downstairs to the sheriff's office in Miami-Dade County. And I gave him the writ. And I had a big smile on my face. And, you know, because at this point, I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Like, we're getting this idiot out of there. And then we're, we're home free. You know, now we can sell the deal. And, dude, I got to walk up to the sheriff. And they're like, oh, um, <clears throat> it's a, you can expedite 
for at the time it was like 1100 bucks now it's like 1700 bucks because of inflation but i paid the i was like how do i pay it and the lady's like well you have to pay it up front and i you know i wasn't like flat broke at the time but i wasn't like balling so i'm like damn it's another 1100 bucks. So I swiped it on my credit card. I'm like, whatever. We got to do what we got to do. We had already spent like six, seven grand on, on legal fees and stuff. So like, you know, it starts to add up. Jip. And anyway, I give the, the writ and I'm like, what happens now? Keep in mind, I'm so new to this. And I'm like, what happens now? Like, do I meet you there? Like, what, like what's the process, you know? And the lady's like, kid, have you ever done this before? I'm like, absolutely not. Nope. And she's like, are you a landlord? I'm like, absolutely not. She's like, so what are you? I'm like, I'm a, I'm a real estate investor. I heard a podcast and now I'm here. <laughs> the lady's like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm, I'm here now. Yeah, that's what a, matters. It's a long story. I'm like, it's a long story, but I got here. Okay. That's, that's what matters. You should be shaking my hand. Give what me do I five. do with this piece of paper? Just tell me what to do with this writ of possession and whatever. The lady's like, all right, well, within 24 to 48 hours, we'll reach out to you. An officer will call you. You schedule with a locksmith, right? And I'm like, oh shit. Like that's how an eviction works, you know? I hadn't gotten there yet. I hadn't been to that 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 dance. Now you do it left and right. Yeah, now it's you know, it's standard practice, but you know, this is your first one. So you're like, oh shit, I don't know what's going on. So I'm learning as I go, you know, and I'm a sponge. So I'm like, why? Not just like what's happening. I'm the type of guy that's like, what's happening and why? Like I want to understand why. Like, where's the law? Like, why did this happen? How can I avoid this in the future? So again, like, if you're listening to this, you should be paying attention, not only to me, but as you're going through one of these things, it's okay not to know shit. But as you're going through it, ask questions. Yep. Learn what you're doing. It's okay to ask questions. Correct. And chances are, it's okay not to know what you don't know. And chances are, you only look like a bigger fool if you don't ask. And you rely on other people and you're like, oh, yeah, because yeah. you want to be tough and you want to have that ego. And I've been there. Dude, ask questions. Ask, why is this happening? So that you can know how to handle it next time, right? So anyway, two days goes by. I get a call from an officer and I don't remember the officer's name. But because of my ex-partner's dad, there was a couple of his buddies that were still on the force. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll meet you at the property. So we show up. I'm Keep in mind, I got like game day face paint underneath my eyes like i'm i've been waiting for this moment we are a year into this shit okay and this is right around december and this asshole gets a sympathetic judge this is what had happened right before this the holidays the holidays gives the order and says but i'm gonna give him an extra 30 days to get out because it's the holidays and i'm looking at her i'm like who the fuck cares about this guy's rights He's a criminal. I'm like, you know, and I learned the real side of the legal system, which is they're going to do whatever they want to do. So I was just like, okay. And my attorney's like, shut up. You don't say anything to the judge. I was like, okay, cool. No problem. Thank you, Your Honor. So yeah, I'm Goodbye. like, thank you, Your Honor. No problem. <laughs> so, and, and whatever. So, so 30 days goes by. So now we're mid-January and now the writ of possession is finally going to get served. So I'm like, all right, this is the end of the road. Get the call from the officer. I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I'll never forget this. My mom, when I graduated college, okay, she had a, she had given me a bottle of Dom Perignon of champagne. And I always told her, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to drink it until I have like a special occasion. So at this point, I had had this freaking bottle for like eight years in my fridge. You had the bottle for 
like three years after that too. I think we just threw it away, didn't we? No, it's upstairs. Oh, it's is it still, still upstairs. upstairs somewhere in storage? It's empty. No, now. it's right there. It's on the kitchen counter. It's crazy. <laughs> it's on the other side of the kitchen counter. So anyway, you know, so so I said, Mom, I'm gonna open up this bottle of champagne, and I and I told my ex partner, I was like, Yo, I'm bringing the bottle of Dom P to the eviction, like. That's some redneck classy shit. <laughs> like, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to get this guy out of this house. So we show up and man, <laughs> we're think I'm thinking like, wow, these sheriffs are going to rip this guy out of this house. Like, what happens? Do they break down the door? Like, is this shit like the movies? You know, like all this bullshit in my head. And dude, we get there. No one's in the house. <laughs> and I'm like. So disappointed. You got to be shitting me. I'm there with like seven Miami-Dade sheriffs. Big boys, all Cuban cops. Like we're rolling deep, and I got my bottle of Dumpy like an idiot, and and I'm like by the front door, and the the sheriff was like, "Hey, uh, Papo, you got a you got a locksmith?" I was like, "Yeah, I got a fucking locksmith. I got a Russian locksmith." I was like, "This guy will break Fort Knox if you need it." So this dude walks up, and he had a really he had put a really nice like impact door, and it was a double bolt, so you couldn't like saw through the whatever. He couldn't get the key the the handle out and my locksmith was like listen uh, i need to get uh, through the door we need to cut and i'm like well cut the fucking door man let's do it so he cut the door as he's doing that i climbed through a window that was kind of like open to because he couldn't get it open so i had to climb through the window and i looked at the cop and the cop was like it's your house now as far as i'm concerned and i was like all right cool Boop. so i pop in I do not advise that because that guy could have been hiding in the house. But anyway, yeah. I, I went in and... You probably weren't packing at that time either. No, I was. I was. I, I definitely was. Yeah. And, and I was waiting for the moment, but it didn't happen. So I popped the lock and then I opened the door. Turns out the guy had left. He literally left a cot in a bedroom. Nothing else. And there was a bunch of construction equipment everywhere, like saws and tile or whatever. The AC unit was gone. So he stole that. Which he didn't really steal it. He probably stole it and put it in there, but he took it with him. <laughs> so he left the inside unit, the handler, but he stole the outside unit. And it was a really nice, like, train five-ton unit. It was really nice. Yeah. So he stole that. And this is the other fun part. So now... He sold it. Sure. So now we're hanging out with these cops inside the house. We're telling the guys the stories. And they're like... And they're telling us eviction stories. So these guys are like, you guys did what? Like, crazy shit, right? And... As we're talking, we had turned on the water from Miami-Dade Water uh, and Utilities. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to this cop. We have the bottle of Dom P open. <laughs> we're just having a great day. And we hear it's like, like all this crazy noise. And we're like, what the hell? Where's that coming from? And all the cops are like, what the hell's going on? You know, like, like we all go into like defense mode. And I hear it coming from the side of the house. So my ex-partner goes over there. And inside the utility room was the water heater and an electrical panel. This asshole cut the copper pipe, the main water line. He cut it as on his way out as like a partying gift, I guess. If we wouldn't have been there, we had to reclamp this thing. There's water everywhere. Electrical panels soaked. The house is now flooding. If we wouldn't have been there, the house would have flooded. Like 50 grand worth of damage. So thankfully we were there. So we had to call the water service back so they could lock the key again because the pipe was was cut. And anyway, you know, we took possession of the property. We never heard from that guy again. Crazy shit. 
never Renee Blanco. Well, it seems too he got out of that property. He knew cops were coming. Mm-hmm. Lord knows how many things he's done that he hasn't been caught for. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons that they could have arrested him. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to respectfully bow out because I don't want a single cop, let alone seven, coming face to face with me because they're going to haul me off. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. He tried lying in front of one of the cops the first time we went there and he was like, oh, no speaking English. And all of a sudden the cops start speaking Spanish and he, like an idiot, responds back in English. And the cop was like, I thought you didn't speak English. Oh, that's this guy? Yeah, that's this guy. Oh, I've heard several, several stories about this one. Yeah, and, you know, like, dude, this guy played all the cards. So, anyway, now we got possession of the house, physically. Mm-hmm. We changed all the locks. Clamped the water. And, you know, <clears throat> now we are finishing the probate because it was two probates. One turned into two because it was the uncle and the dad. We finally get done with the probates. Now we're clear to sell. A year after the fact, okay? So I'm I'm like as excited as excited comes. I'm like, like we don't till this till that moment, we didn't know what we were gonna make. We didn't know what we could sell it for. We didn't know what would happen. Okay. So it's been a year, so obviously the market's appreciated at this point, right? It's it's 2019. And so it was from 2018 to 2019 was how long it took. So we end up, oh, sorry, forgot to mention this. This asshole on his way out, the squatter as well, decided to call the city and report the house as having work without permit anonymously. Yeah. He said that he was an anonymous concerned neighbor and that he saw a lot of construction trucks coming in and out. By the way, it was the work that he did to the house. We didn't even do the house. So the city came by and guess what they did? They took pictures of everything through a window and they popped the house with violations. So work without permit for everything. Yep. So there goes clear and marketable title. So now we're like, fuck, what do we do? Do we pull permits? Do we do this rehab? Do we not do this rehab? You know, we didn't have the money at the time. So we're like, no, let's wholesale it. Let's slap it on the MLS and see what happens. (laughs) When I tell you that we put this thing on the MLS and I put a for sale by owner sign at the front of the house and my phone melted, melted for weeks on end. That's exactly what happened. And ironically, the buyer that ended up buying this house, his name was Willie as well. Mm -hmm. And ironically, he went to Columbus. He was older. He was in his like mid, late 40s. And he was a a rehabber. So... He, 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 a realtor who was really nice. He was a nice guy. He brought the buyer. We end up meeting him at the property. Again, we didn't know what we didn't know. The guy was like, oh, you have these open permits. It's a lot of work and, you know, it's a risk. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. You know, like, I don't know shit about shit. So I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. It sounds, it sounds fair to me, right? <laughs> he wasn't shy. He just knew more than me, you right. know, at the time. And yeah, he, was he was looking for a good deal. Sure. Yeah, he was looking for a good deal. I can't blame him. Willie, if you're out there, appreciate you. So anyway, we ended up, we had it listed for like 385 and we ended up accepting 364 and change, like 364.999 minus his buyer's agent who, who we paid like two and a half percent. And then the hundred K that went to 120 that went to, it ended up being a hundred. It says 120 on public record, but it was a 20 K credit at the HUD. Okay. So we ended up 
I think the net net of the wire, no, the net net of the wire was like two forty four, six hundred dollars, or something. And we're pending the close now. We get under contract. We're like, at this point, we haven't. Keep in mind, we haven't even slowed down enough to actually do the numbers and be like, we're gonna make what? Like that hadn't hit us yet, you know. So I sat down. I did the numbers, and I'm like, looking at everything, and I'm like. Told my partner, I was like, Anthony, we, we're gonna we're gonna make like a quarter million dollars. And he's like, What? And I'm like, Yeah, dude. Like, if my if my calculations are correct, kind of shit, I'm like, I mean, this is a quarter million dollars. Minus what we spent, which was like 10 G's or whatever. I mean, it was like 240 on a single family. And man, three weeks later, we go to close, sign all the closing docs. And then Anthony and I were hanging out at our office waiting for the wire to hit. And when the wire hit, it was, we had like a moment of silence for 10 minutes when the wire hit because we, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. We really didn't. And, and it was like a hundred square foot office. Keep in mind, my biggest deal to date was like 40K. So it's a big bump up <laughs> to a quarter mil. And I was looking at him, he was looking at me and we we're just like, with our draws dropped. Like, we couldn't believe it. So we just sat there in silence for like 10 minutes. And then finally, I think I broke it. I was like, you want to go grab lunch? He's like, yeah, we should go grab a drink. And we're like, yeah, we should, right? Like, we should celebrate this shit. Like, this is really just happened. It was like surreal, you know? Yeah. And we, but at the time, we were grinding for so long, so many years that we were, you know, we didn't have a lot of fun, you know? But like, this one was like, yo, we should probably grab a drink or a few, you know, yeah. at the time. It was like the universe was like, hey, yeah, good job. You know, it's been a couple years. You guys earned this one. Yeah. And then, and then like our, our mutual friend, great friend of mine, Eddie Chesney, he had an office there and he comes up randomly like 20 minutes after the wire had hit. And he's like, Bobby, what are you guys doing? And we're like, yo, we're going to grab a drink. You want to come or not? He's like, yeah, what's the occasion? It's like midday. It's like 3 p.m. or something. And I'm like, we just hit a quarter million dollar deal. And he was like, you what? And I'm like, yeah, we just ripped a quarter million. I pull up the app and I show him the wire. And he's like, dude, get the fuck out of here. He's like, on a single family? I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, that's sick. He's like, you guys are buying though. I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So, <laughs> yeah, bro, we, we ended up sitting there, man. We, we were at Del Frisco's for like four hours. And we just we just were giddy. Like we, I think I had like a steak or something at lunch we had a bunch of drinks and we were just, we were just super, super happy. And then, and then the reality set in, we're like, all right, well, what do we do now? You know, like nothing's ever going to be the same again. No. Not to say that that deal made me rich, which it didn't by any means, but $240,000 is a shit ton of ammunition, especially when you're grinding for about two and a half years with close to nothing. And you're really reinvesting everything back into your business. So this was like breathing room times 10. Well, and I think also once you hit a quarter of a million dollars on a single deal, once you got back to the office the next day or that following Monday, whichever it ended on, I don't know. But it kind of forces you to shift your mindset. And it's like, okay, now those limiting beliefs of, oh, I can't do a quarter million dollars is like, no, that's yeah. real and I can do it. And now I have to push myself that much harder every single day because they are out there and I want to find more of those. Correct. Not that a 50K or 30K deal isn't great, but once you've hit $250,000 one time, 
you're like, damn, I definitely want to do that again. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 look, it, there's a lot of things that happen, right? Looking back at it and, and you know, my experience. There's a lot of stuff that happens. You're, you're, I think at the time, I was 28, okay? Yeah, I'm 32 now. And, I mean, dude, you're 28 years old. I, I had a Jeep Wrangler, okay? This is like my mentality at the time. I had, had a, just met you when all this had gone down. Yeah, I, I had a Jeep Wrangler that was costing me like... 500 bucks a month at the time, okay? My rent was like two grand a month. My cell phone, this, that. I mean, my, my total monthly expenses were like seven grand a month, including fun, you know? So, you know, a quarter million dollars to smack you in the face like that, it was just like... And our monthly marketing budget was maybe, and I mean maybe, eight to 10K a month. So we had no staff. We did that deal all on our own. Our office was like a thousand bucks a month. So I think we had one VA. That's not true. We had Liddell and Liddell was like 1200 bucks a month. So what I'm trying to convey in this podcast is I was living far beneath my means and so was the business. And then we got a very healthy injection of capital from that deal. And keep in mind, this is what's crazy about the universe we're talking about that specific deal, but a month after that deal, we had another deal that was in the pipeline, which was 87,000. And then we had another one, which was 107. So within a two and a half month span, we ripped like 400 grand. And, and then we had a bunch of other little deal, like 20, 30s, 15, you know, the onesies and twosies and shit. Mm -hmm. So at this point, my mindset's changed. I'm like, yo, I want to go after more of those. Like, that was actually less work than some of our 20K deals. Like, I want to work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So now, you know, you got like 350 grand in the bank extra. And I'm just like, dude, this is everything we've been waiting for. This is competing with the big boys. This is now our marketing budget could be 25, 30 grand a month. And we don't have to care because I got 10 months worth of runway. You can tell me I'm not going to clear deals before that? Fuck yeah, we are. Hey, we could do rehabs now. We could do this. Hey, let's go hire. Let's go get three cold callers. At the time, we were still sometimes cold calling ourselves, okay? Again, kids that don't want to work, that, that only cold call for like about a month. I'm telling you, we ripped a quarter mil and I was still cold calling myself. <laughs> so you want to talk about discipline or talk about how we were still in the pocket? We were. And that was, it. that was a Thursday. We were in the office the next day on a Friday after that wire hit. So I think you, you, you tell me what you do and you tell me what you accomplish. And when you accomplish something big, show me what you do right after and I'll tell you who you are kind of thing. You know, we were right back at it. <laughs> like, like we made a quarter mil. We're like, all right, cool. Right back at it. And I think we put some money in our, in our self-directed IRAs too out of that. Yeah, we did. So anyway, and you know, we closed the deal. The wire hit. And man, the rest was, the rest was really history after that, you know, that, that deal really changed the course of our, you know, our trajectory in our career. And it just helped us accelerate the growth and scale so much faster. I mean, it would have taken us years, you know, without that deal to, to have that extra cushion, mm -hmm. just the natural cash flow cash conversion cycle, you know, you got to make a lot of money and then reinvest it. And then it takes time. We were able to eliminate a lot of that bullshit. And it's crazy because we, we had a mentor at the time that got a piece of that deal too. 
So we didn't even see all of it, which was fine. That was our agreement with him. And, you know, it is what it is. We, we, we gave him our word and we did it. So, and this was the guy that said that the deal couldn't be done. So, Ironically so, enough. Ha ha to you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say any names, but ha ha. But anyway, no, but he was a great guy. He taught us how to look for a lot of that stuff. So that was awesome. But yeah, you know, so like things were never the same again. And, and for years, I never spoke about that deal. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know all of the ins and outs until sitting on this podcast with you. There's so many key details of how you got that that I didn't even know about. Really interesting. Yeah, and we, we're, cool. I know we're going to record some content around it now, around the property, because this is a great case study. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, you know, it's a great series of videos. But yeah, listen, you know, key takeaways, you got to work hard. You have to think outside the box. Try to learn as much as you can every day, you know. Also know that you don't know what you don't know. Get a good lawyer. Get good advice. Um, this deal could have gone sideways a lot of, a thousand different ways. Uh, if we didn't have the right guidance, if we didn't have, you know, Gus, Gio, um, and uh, Christina and all that. I mean, we really, we really, you know, we, we had a lot of great help. We were, we were almost childishly, you know, foolishly committed <laughs> to the deal. So I think that that's very important too. We, we didn't care what anybody thought. We didn't care what we looked like during the deal. We didn't care showing up to this kid's house. We, we would have we door knocked that entire neighborhood. Zero shame. If that's what it took. Yeah. Yeah. Walked over to the squatter. Like, it is what it is. You know, a year later, committing to the legal fees and stuff. So again, guys, like we could have, we could have quit at the beginning. Just going back to, well, let me throw away my return mail. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just as simple as that. And then re-skip tracing, and then going through the public record, and then finding Renee Blanco, and then you know finding the ex-wife, finding Daniel Tucker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the the real moral of the story too, because we we said it at the beginning, I left about three hundred grand on the table there. Mm -hmm. So the gentleman who bought the other Willie, who bought the property from us, <laughs> this is this is how this is what how you really don't know what you don't know. So remember, I told you about the permits and all that stuff. Well, turns out if you know somebody at the city, which he did, <laughs> and he had a good GC, you can get that done fairly easy. I was scared shitless at the time because you don't know what you don't know. So I was like, oh my god, this is a big problem. For him, it was five grand and two weeks of work. Okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> he, all he did was, kudos to him. I'm not taking anything away from him. But all he did was paint the house, finish like the little patchwork. He replaced the AC, which was like four grand, the outside unit. And he replaced the piping with the water heater that the guy had broke couple little knickknacks here and there and then five grand for the permits closed them all out he must have been into this property for like an extra 20 grand so call it 365 from us 20 385 he dunked it at 600 and oh it took gosh. him 45 days from start to finish to resell it at, at, at 600 the guy who bought the house for 600 remember i told you guys this is pre-covid the guy who bought the house Bought it late 2019. Kudos to him because he timed the fucking market accidentally, obviously, perfectly. 
he years later i like had a random thought one day and i went into public appraiser and i was like i wonder what that house i wonder whatever happened to that house he sold the house for like 850 the guy who bought it from the rehabber he resold it after covid because it had gone up in value so much so again i bought this house for 120 the arv today is 850 <laughs> so yes did i make a quarter mil sure but had I known a little bit more, I'm grateful for the process. But again, being in a better place, I would have kept the house. I would have cashed out, refied, tax-free. And I would be sitting on a half a million dollars extra worth of equity plus cash flow. And when's the next time you're going to buy a house? A three, a four, two, 2,000 square feet corner lot in Westchester for 120 grand. I think the, the, the last time that had happened was like in 1990-something <laughs> when I ran the comps. So... Again, I mean, it's still left a lot of money on the table, Yeah, you know, but a lot of lessons along the way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very cool. It's a great story. A yeah. lot of money. I mean, <laughs> bigger problems don't always necessarily mean bigger profits, but sometimes they do. Yeah. <laughs> and bigger lessons. Yeah. I always say, you know, if you, if you could think of it like, like as a chart, you know, with two graphs on it. The, the, the more your problem and the more the difficulty of the deal goes up, your profit should go in alignment with that. Mm -hmm. Where I see a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot and, you know, sell themselves short because they don't, they don't know what their value is. They don't know what their worth is, is that they work hard, 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 hard on a deal. And then they're, they don't ask for more. They don't, they don't expect more. And they're like, oh, well, I made 15 grand. Cool. I'm like, yeah, but you did eight months worth of work. You should have made 50, you should have made a hundred, yeah. you know, but I believe that I had to go through those deals too. Mm -hmm. So kids in life, you get what you ask for. You might be shocked. Just ask for it, you know, really ask for it and believe in it and be willing to put in the work. I was scared shitless to ask for the reduction at 100. <laughs> I was scared shitless to get another contract at 160. It made me want to throw up, but I knew that that was the right number. And, and I look, it turns out it was a year of work. This kid wouldn't have done that. No shot. He didn't have an attorney. He didn't have anything. So he probably would have lost that house. And now there would be a squatter who owns his inheritance. Mm -hmm. Right? So he's always thankful to us. We kept touch, you know, here and there. He ended up paying off all his college debt with that money. Good kid. He's probably an engineer now somewhere. He wanted to go to NASA. So he's probably an engineer now somewhere building some rocket or something. So good for him. And, you know, he sent us a thank you letter like a, like a year after the year. And he was like, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm debt free because of the deal. I was able to pay off all my student loans and all that. So and I and I gave my mom some money. So mm -hmm. it was him and his mom. And, you know, I respected that very much. So, yeah, especially given your relationship with your mother. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's home for you. You know, and his mom was just looking out for him. And I and I get it. You know, they, they were very paranoid. It was a shitty situation to be a part of. But but yeah, you I, came out on top. It was night and day, night and day. And I, and the amount that we learned in that year, man, because I've had I actually have an adverse possession deal right now that that a student of mine found, and it's awesome to have been able to teach him right away what he was supposed to be looking for, because he didn't know any of it, and that's okay. But he was like, like what? And then I explained to him, and I told him the story of this, and he's like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, bro. This, this is how you can make, so like chase this down because there's six figures on the other side.
And now he's, you know, he's getting the deal and all that. But, but yeah, it's in Hialeah, squatter again, mm. professional squatter. It's paid three years and it's not Rene Blanco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he is, but somewhere he moved back in with his home. parents. Funny enough. Yeah. You would know that. I would know. You that. would know that. Yeah, I keep tabs on everybody. Oh, man. Yeah, but he moved Next back in with his parents level. like a loser that he should have because he screwed somebody out of a lot of money. And, and he really treated that kid very badly. So as far as I'm concerned, he's a scumbag. <laughs> but hey, we got a business because of him. Yeah, that's true. Well, now you guys know how Willie Numbers hit $250,000 on a single deal. You also know how he left $300,000 on a single deal. That's right. Ouch. But hey, it's a learning lesson. It happens, man. It happens. And I'm proud of that deal. The biggest lesson for me was do the right thing with that money. <clears throat> if you get an opportunity like that, you've been grinding for a while, you earn that opportunity and the universe rewards you. Everything inside of you is going to want to buy something stupid i was just gonna say did you spend any i bought a rolex money? i bought I my <laughs> i bought my first rolex because of that deal but yeah but keep in mind my the road first of all the market wasn't crazy with rolexes it was like 15 grand it was a sky dweller at the time i think it was yeah it was like 15 grand and you know i had a lot more money than that so yeah. but 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 i had made a promise to myself that i was gonna buy the watch if 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 i hit certain goals and i hit certain goals i exceeded the goals and i was like well I got, I got to buy the watch, you know, it was, it was a promise to myself, mm -hmm. but do the right thing. 75% of all that money we poured right back into the business. And moreover, I don't think that you buying that watch was a bad thing. And I think no. it's important for people to reward themselves for the hard work that they do, especially whatever 15 K on a watch fine, but $250,000, like you earned it, reward yourself. Like don't feel guilty for doing things like that. No. And, and again, guys, girls, you don't get a lot of those opportunities. You know, like a quarter million dollar single family deal isn't just walking around. So if you earn it, you bust your ass for a year and you, you hit the deal and now you got the money. Listen, maximize it. That could be the difference between you making it to seven figures in your business and super leapfrogging your competition or not. You don't want to be the guy that blew all that money and said, I'm back on the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. That to me, that deal was my ticket out. If that makes sense. It was like my ticket out of the rat race that I was currently in, which was like oh, a couple deals. And then, oh, we put a little bit of money and then we got to wait. And then a little bit of money. That deal was like, okay, I don't have to play this game anymore. I can, I can graduate now. That was what that deal meant to me. So make sure that you have that mentality. Yeah, level up when you have the opportunity. Level the fuck up when you have yeah, the opportunity. Don't stay. Like Super Mario. Go, like jump up. Eat the mushroom. Eat the mushroom. Bloop, bloop, bloop. That's it. <laughs> Eat the mushroom. Don't be looking around. Don't worry about anybody else. And don't pay your fucking taxes. <laughs> pay your fucking taxes. <laughs> Listen to me very carefully. Pay your taxes. <laughs> You make a quarter million dollars on a deal, it's a lot of money in taxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of money. I'm still waiting on the IRS to send me my birthday card, but yeah. we'll, we'll see how far that goes. The IRS <laughs> should send me a fucking Lamborghini at this point <laughs> in my career. They should say thank you for your contributions. Yeah, right. To a bunch of morons. Well, guys, we got to wrap it up to work. Yeah, we do. 
beginning of the morning. I'm going to take my 10-step walk over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my big commute. It's another lesson for people. Make sure you conveniently set up your life to have your office and your studio next to each other. <laughs> One and the same. Exactly. Well, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We hope that you liked the show, the episode. It, it had a lot of good golden nuggets, a lot of good tips and tricks, and a little insight on Willie numbers today. Have a fabulous Thursday. We're going to sign off now. Will? And like and share this and share it with your friends. We would really appreciate it. We just want to give value to the community. And quite honestly, I just like talking on a microphone. So <laughs> this is very fun. It's it's fun and rewarding to go back through some of our experiences. And, you know, I my goal is for you guys, whoever's listening that's starting out or in a struggle or, or you know, trying to scale up or whatever, and you can't really see the way is to provide you with real world examples and what I've been through. And, you know, that's why I say addresses. That's why I like to be fact checked because I'm an open book, you know, and I want people to know like, oh, shit, this is possible in South Florida. Which, in anywhere, but. Yeah, in anywhere. All right, well, it's going to be a little harder to do in like Podunk, Idaho. But yes, like mm -hmm. like South Florida supports these kinds of things. And this is not my only six figure deal. I've done tons of six-figure deals. This is my biggest one. Mm -hmm. I did a six-figure deal that was bigger than this one on a multifamily, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. But yeah, man, just just my goal is just to share so you guys can see that it, it's doable. So wherever you're listening from, whether you're on our Instagram or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just keep listening, like the show, follow us, share with your friends, and we will see you on the next episode. That's it. Have a great day.